0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I've got a word that I want to share with you today. Um, so, I'm sorry. My wife says I'm task oriented. So, good morning, everybody. How are you? This is building rapport with the audience. So now, can I give you my word? Okay. Look, look. Before before I get into the word, I wanna I wanna start with my invitation. Can I start with my invitation? Because I believe that too often are of the times that we come to the house of the Lord, we hear the word of the Lord, and we are what we would classify as non-responsive. In, in other words, we, we, we come in and we set in spectation, and we get up and we leave, and I would dare to wager if I were a wagering individual that people who do not respond to the Word of the Lord in the house of the Lord do not respond to the Word of the Lord on Monday. That if, if in the instant that the Spirit of the Lord is moving in a, in a context, in an environment like this, that you don't respond... I am doubtful that when Monday morning hits you in the face that you get up and say, wow, wasn't that some word yesterday at church? Boy, I'm going to walk in that victory. I'm going to press through. I'm going to get my breakthrough today. No, you're going to be on Facebook about lunchtime telling everybody how hard your life is. So I want to begin with the invitation today just to say to you that as you are here today and you're hearing the word of the Lord, I believe there's a direct correlation between what we do in the physical and what happens in the spiritual. As we hear the word of the Lord and we receive it in our ear gate, but we sit unresponsive in the physical, I believe so Oftentimes, we are sitting also unresponsive in the spiritual. And the only way for you and I to grow in the things of the Lord is to not only be hearers of the word, but doers also. So today as you're hearing this word, I want you just to go ahead and make up in your mind. It doesn't matter what the people around you are doing. It doesn't matter what your friend's doing. It doesn't matter what anybody's going to think about you. If this word's for you today, I want to invite you to respond. You don't have to do anything particular while I'm sharing this word. You can sit there, listen, take it in, take notes, shout, hallelujah, do whatever you need to do. But as we bring this to a close and opportunity is made available, I want you to respond. I'm gonna ask you to respond. So with that being said, shout out to all the good friends in the house. Aren't you aren't you thankful for good friends? Let me, let me tell you how you know somebody's a good friend. A good friend will sit with you in the restaurant, and when you have queso stringing down your chin, they will look across the table at you and they'll say, Hey, hey man, you got a little something. Somebody who's not your friend will just look at you when you walk by, laugh at you with their friends gossip about you and poke fun at you. But a real friend, a true friend will see you. Those rogue eyebrows, they got you. That, that queso on your chin, that, that streak, that mascara that ran off your eye, they, they got you. They're going to mention those. They're not going to leave you sitting there with things hanging, but they're going to let you know, right? They're going to let you know. But you know, how often are the times that we have those kind of situations in our own lives and we didn't even know? Like... And we didn't know, we, we've been walking, our question, my question always is in those moments when, when a good friend, a trusted friend, like, you know, when, when a trusted friend just just leans over and says, hey, you might want to check this. My, my next question is, my goodness, how long have I been walking? How long have I been walking around in this condition? But that is the ministry of a trusted friend in our lives. And sometimes we just didn't even know, and here they are. And I want to I I submit to you this morning, the Word says that the Lord is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And sometimes we don't like to really open ourselves up and avail ourselves to the presence of the Lord because we're afraid that he's going to put his finger on something in our lives and say, Hey, hey, bud, you got a little something? There's a little smudge, there's a little smear, there's a little booger over here, you know, whatever. But we're, we're afraid that, that the Lord's going to put his finger so we, we don't open ourselves up to that vulnerability. But i want to tell you something today the holy spirit and his ministry in your life the the voice of the lord through the work of the holy spirit in your life is that of a trusted friend he's not just going to let you pass by he's not going to let you just roam around all out of sorts but he's going to check you and when he checks us we need to respond we need to respond to what he's saying what he's doing and and you know I want to bring you today to a familiar passage of scripture where there's a group of people And they have some things going on in their lives and the truth of the matter is they didn't even know And I believe today that if you and I will take a real Look at ourselves in the reflection of this word I believe today we can see ourselves there that oftentimes there are things in our own lives that we have that we just don't know we didn't even know. So if you've got your Bible with you today, I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and I'm going to share with you two very familiar passages of Scripture that we seldom hear in relation to one another. There, it's, it's a singular text that is often handled one part independent of the other, depending on whether, it not, whether or not it fits The the point we're trying to make in our messages. But sometimes we've got to go back and we've got to read the whole word of the Lord in its context and understand what's happening here. The first part starts in verse 14, Revelation chapter 3. And it says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, says the Amen. This is Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. The resurrected, ascended, glorified Jesus is speaking to the Apostle John in the great revelation that he received on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, and he says, these things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witnesses, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. It's a prominent message in the church. This is one of those passages, as I said, that you know, sometimes we ignore the greater context of the message to the church at Laodicea and we leave that untouched unless the B part is what fits the illustration of our sermon. I feel like, or I've witnessed more often, that many times Revelation chapter three is used to um, tell people off more than it is to encourage them and build faith and bring understanding. So I want you to understand this today as I'm sharing this word with you. It's not an attempt to to set you straight, to tell you off. It is an attempt to draw you closer to Jesus. It is an attempt to have you realize that what we need to do more than anything else in this life is avail ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit because if we will follow where the Lord leads, He will always lead us to a better place. Now, we, we find the sins and the shortfalls of the seven churches of Asia and we rail on those in the context of the modern church and sometimes it's quite hopeless, but I don't want to leave you hopeless today. I don't want you to leave with this feeling that you're about to be spewed out figuratively. I want you to feel in this moment that you're being drawn in. We're familiar with these ends of the spectrum the hot, the cold. We're familiar with the intolerable nature of being in the middle, lukewarm. That it it just, it shouldn't be that way. But we we seldom understand the conditions of life that cause us to find ourselves in this situation. And even as we read this text, so oftentimes we we have the pictorial in our mind of the two ends of the spectrum. We understand the hazard of being there in the middle in the doldrums of that situation, and we understand the consequence of being found therein, but we don't understand, or we never put it in the context of knowing why it is that we got that way. And there are some of us today in the house that we walk through life, we're frustrated, and we're defeated, and the thing is, we don't understand Why it is that we find ourselves in this condition We feel powerless against the attacks of the adversary we feel We feel discouraged when we think about life and 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 you know we hear about the promises of god We hear about the fullness of his presence and yet we live empty So i'm going to bring you today From the familiar conditions to the not so familiar causes and the familiar calls, the not so familiar calls, is that Jesus continues here and says, because you say, this is the reason, this is the reason we're neither hot nor cold, but we're lukewarm there in that intolerable condition in the presence of the Lord is because we say, I am rich and become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that we are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Did you know that for the most part, everybody I've met thinks they're normal? Everybody thinks they're normal. No matter how many people we meet who don't process the world and life in the same way we do, we are convinced in our minds that we are the normal ones. Now, don't, don't be offended by this, but the truth of the matter is that we are all broken in some degree or another. No, no matter how, and the funny thing is, no matter how dysfunctional our families are, no matter how deep the crazy runs in our family tree, regardless of how badly we've been hurt or how we've been betrayed, and sometimes, uh, we somehow or another, we, we can always estimate that all of those scenarios have yielded normalcy in our lives and it's always the other people around us who are dysfunctional and deficient isn't it it's it's never us it's always them and the reason for that is that we examine life through a very clouded lens we, we look into a mirror and we behold our reflection and that, that reflection, that mirror is clouded with the betrayal, the hurt, the disappointments, all of the dysfunction, everything that we've encountered in this life. That, that glass is, is clouded with those things. So when we look on at our own lives and we see that, that's normal. And some of us have become so accustomed to deep dysfunction that we feel like that is just That's normal. In the church sometimes we have come and we've walked in empty and we've sat and spectated as the spirit of the Lord moved and we've walked out empty and we've come to a place that we feel like that's normal. But I want to tell you something today, church, there is a there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And if we will enter in, we can drink deep of the life that he gives and we'll find out that what we knew in the past is nothing compared to what we know in him today. We go through life assessing everyone and everything through a clouded lens that is our own lives. And because our lives are what we've known to this point, that is the standard of normalcy. In fact, in many cases, we're so, unfamiliar with the, we're so familiar with the dysfunction in our own lives that we normalize it. And because we're not willing to accept that, that the tension we so often feel when it comes to dealing with other people is us and not them... Then we begin to keep other people at arm's length and say, You can come this close, but I've got a wall built up and I'm not letting you in because I'm normal and you're crazy and you're going to stay over there and I'm going to be over here. And we, we fail to recognize our own brokenness because our admission of our brokenness also would spell out our vulnerability. And we don't want to show our weakness because we wouldn't want to have those exploited. And we don't want to talk about our dysfunction because it's too painful to think about. But remember, a true friend's not going to exploit those things, but they call those things to our attention to strengthen us and to help us and to grow us. And that's the ministry of the Lord. And you say, well, Pastor, how how are we getting off on this, this thing about... You know what we do in the physical because again what we do in the physical what's true in our natural relationships and observations is often true of life in the spirit. And our perspective our perspective of our lives is very different than God's perspective of our life. Often from our perspective it's somehow or another always God that didn't come through. It's always God who ushers in the disappointment into our lives. We've been waiting in our perfected state for God to get get in line and recognize how normal we are, and bless us, we, we are rich and we have become wealthy and we have need of nothing, bless me, Lord, open up the next opportunity, God, propel me forward, Lord, help me to take new territory, and we're expecting God to reward us for something that we've not accomplished, and he's on the other side looking on and saying, don't you know? Do you not realize that you're miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked apart from me? I know you think you got it all together. I know you think you got it figured out. But the truth of the matter is, without me. I know you think you're smart and you're real intelligent and sharp. But without me. Without me, you are miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And the Holy Spirit is trying to get a hold of our hearts and challenge things in our lives. And we're holding up our dirty little lens and saying, well, I don't see it. We set through the altar call and we look at all those broken people that respond, but we don't because it's not us. We're normal. We are, we are... Rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. I'm going to tell you something there. You know, I I, I appreciate the, the, the being a joint heir with Jesus and being citizens of a heavenly kingdom and all that, but I'm telling you something. Every time that we come into the presence of the Lord, we should come in as beggars. We should come in as destitute. We should come in as somebody who says, God, if you don't touch me right now, I'm not going to be able to make it. If you don't pour your spirit out on me, I can't continue. I can't carry on. I don't have enough in me there's not enough around me there's not enough in my hand to be able to God I need you I need you and here's the thing If we would allow ourselves to become vulnerable and broken before the Lord, vulnerable in His presence, we would weep and release the pain of brokenness and disappointment at His altar. There are riches untold that He wants to pour into our lives. It's okay to fail. It's human to fail. It's frightening though when we refuse awareness of our own failures because we'll then be unable to understand the failure of others and we refuse to walk in the grace towards others and we refuse... Refuse to rest in the grace that God has for our lives and we become bitter Messed up more than we are people When we don't heed the counsel of the Holy Spirit Because here's another thing that we often don't even know Is that what we really need in this life is is not more things from this life, but what we need in this life is a breakthrough in the Holy Spirit. Well, what we need is a breakthrough. What we need is like with the tenacity of the woman with the issue of blood to press through all of the things, all of the hindrances, all of the, all of the garbage, all of the dysfunction, all of the hurt, all of the pain with the intention to say, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, Sometimes It's not just the maladies of which we need to be aware and I believe that the Holy Spirit's looking on at us as we're getting down to pray with our Groceries list and we're sharing with him all the things that would make life better for us And he's just saying look you don't you don't need any of that stuff You don't need any of that stuff and I I know There there are times that we don't rightly know what we need or what needs to be done in in the state that we find ourselves in but in this place here the the Lord speaks to John and he says there's a group of people write these things to the Laodicean church because they don't even know they they're running around they they're they're in a precarious state of being lukewarm and they don't understand that what it is they've looked on at the goodness of God and they've said look I don't I've arrived I don't need those things but the truth and the reality of it is they do need these things and here's what they need I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, and the and clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And I've got to be honest: if we spend as much time in pursuit of the things that we do need as the things that we don't need, that won't even move the needle in our situations, we'd be a lot better off. But, you know, this is so consistent with human nature. There, as I was thinking about Jesus calling out this, the ineptness of these people to recognize what they really need, I realized that the Bible is full of illustrations of this point. That there's a God-sized, God-shaped hole in the soul of each and every one of us that we so often spend time trying to feel with other things, not realizing that none of those things are going to satisfy. And I began to read, I, I thought about Adam. You know, Adam said, you know what, we disobeyed, let's hide out and sew some fig leaves together, that ought to fix it. Abraham said, let me tell a lie about my wife so the king will extend favor to me. Sarah said, let me give my husband my maid so that he, he can know her and we can have the baby God promised. The Israelites in the wilderness said, Let's, let us make a golden calf since Moses obviously isn't coming back down from the mountain. And Jesus said to the inhabitants of Jerusalem during his earthly ministry in Luke 19, he said, if, if you had known, even you especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now Now they are hidden from your eyes. Holy Spirit, open our spiritual eyes that we can see our need of the Almighty. Holy Spirit, open our eyes that we can see the breakthrough that we need. The disciples asked the Samaritan believers in Acts chapter 19, it says, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not as much as heard of there being a Holy Spirit. I've got to tell you something church and and this is you know you, You are not becoming my sermon illustration, but I cannot tell you the number of times That I have prayed with people at an altar Only to meet them in the foyer later And and at the altar they stood in faith believing God but by the time they got to the foyer they were announcing their contingency plans if God didn't come through because because obviously the problems with God not coming through it's not that I wasn't yielded or broken here at the altar It's, it's not that I wasn't in touch with the reality of my spiritual condition at the altar it's not that i failed to yield submissively to the presence of the lord it's not that i sat obstinately through the moving of the holy spirit refusing to participate in what he was doing in the moment it's got to be him so i'm just going to tell you what my contingencies are have you received the holy spirit we didn't even know there was such a thing And I want to tell you something. There are people sit in churches week in and week out, week in, week out, and they struggle and they strive and they strain and they struggle and they strive and they strain, and they don't know that what they need is a breakthrough in the Holy Spirit. You don't, you don't need some, I'm sorry, I know that there's a ministry in it, but you don't need some more counseling. You've been talked to until your counselors are blue in the face. You don't need some more money. You don't need some better friends. You need a breakthrough in the spirit. You need the Holy Spirit of God to come in and be permitted to put his finger on things in your life and touch you and stir you and move you. Jesus says to John in Revelation 3 believers, people from the church are are running around here and they're looking for things to satisfy and not once considering that they're not all put together. Never once considering that they're lacking in any one thing. They're empty but in denial of their need. They're frustrated but they won't be honest about their reality. They're broken but they're reluctant to express their pain. Why don't they just come clean? Let's stop beating around the bush. Let's be honest before the Lord. Let's expose our frailties at the altar. Let our insecurities let's let's trade our insecurities for boldness in the spirit. Let's surrender our religious facilities Sod that keeps us bound for a deep, stirring move of the Spirit that transforms us and changes us and challenges us. Everybody stand. Let's hand over those nasty old lenses to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to tune our spiritual vision. We think we think we need more money, but What we really need is a breakthrough. We think we need better friends, but what we really need is a breakthrough in the Spirit. We think we need different circumstances in this life, but what we really need is a breakthrough in the Holy Spirit. What we we really need is time at the altar, weeping in the presence of the Lord, and saying, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Touch me, Holy Spirit, and have your way in me. God, I need a breakthrough. So today I conclude with the word of the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah chapter 55 and it says Everyone who thirsts come to the waters And you who have no money come buy and eat Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price And here it is Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David indeed i have given him as a witness to the people a leader and a commander i want to tell you something church i heard pastor lisa this week in preparation and speaking talking about repairing the altar and i believe with all my heart that we need to we need to get back to the altar because deep life-changing alterations happen at the altar stuff that we didn't even understand things that we weren't even aware of begin to come to light we begin to process life differently we begin to assess situations differently when we allow the spirit of the lord to work in our hearts in our lives at the altar all across this amazing group of people today i want to invite you that as our team ministers to us this morning if there are things that just you say pastor i've been living frustrated I've, i've just been bound up with so many things and i've tried to fix it i've i've tried to figure it out i've I've wasted so many resources trying to trying to do it on my own. But today I sense the call of the Holy Spirit on my life. That what I really need is a breakthrough. What I need for this physical issue is a spiritual breakthrough. So I want to invite you to respond in this moment. If you're here and that's you, you'd say, Pastor, just pray for me. Let's believe together today for breakthrough in this place. For a spiritual awakening. For for new new things in the spirit. If that's you, I want to invite you to be bold right now and say, God, I want you to have your way in my life. I I need you, Lord. I realize that I can't make it apart from you. And today I need your anointing fresh in my life. I need your strength in my life. I need your resource in my life. And I'm just coming today to say, God, thank you for calling out in my life and challenging me to more. Thank you for the invitation to come to you. you. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.